0: Are you that weirdo who recognizes the name Dr. Sprinkle? Then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to Happy Hour Gets Weird. Welcome guys, or welcome back to Happy Hour Gets Weird. I'm Cassie.
1: And I'm Tiffany.
0: And we have cocktails and talk about weird shit.
1: Yes, we do, except for during dry January
0: yes and it did you know that it's national mocktail week
1: is it really I
0: yeah and we but we're masochists so we have decided to drag sobriety out for the entire month of January
1: (laughs) (laughs) also this week our featured drink isn't really a mocktail it is just a non-alcoholic beverage I think there's a, a differentiation right I mean yeah sure like, mocktails are trying to be cocktail s as opposed to just a non-alcoholic drink, which is anything without alcohol. Right? Yeah.
0: It could be a glass of milk.
1: And that is our mocktail for this week. <laughs> Chilled glass of milk.
0: A giant glass of whole milk. Oh, God.
1: <laughs> Actually, our uh, drink this week is blueberry lemonade. Mm. It's very good. I added basil to mine, but you could kind of jazz it up with your favorite fresh herbs if you want to or leave them out. And it's a really simple recipe. I kind of merged a few um, recipes that I had uh, on hand. I kind of merged them together and we will post it on our Instagram. And if you aren't on Instagram, basically it's a really simple lemonade recipe, which is like a cup of fresh lemon juice, more or less to taste which is kind of how all lemonade recipes are and then it's a cup of simple syrup and then I added fresh blueberries to the simple syrup yum and cooked it so good and then you just mix that together you have to dilute it with water which is also typical for Mm -hmm. a lemonade yeah that would be some pretty intense uh (laughs) juice if you didn't dilute it (laughs) but yeah it's really refreshing and it's starting to be citrus season around here Uh, my lemon and orange tree that I have in my backyard are starting to ripen up which is exciting for me that is exciting I am so jealous that you have a lemon tree in your yard and if you
0: wanted to turn this non-alcoholic drink into a cocktail what would you add
1: I would add vodka. Ooh, vodka lemonades is actually like my fave in the summertime. Oh
0: my goodness, that sounds delicious! And just to circle back to Instagram, if you are not following us, it might be a good idea to follow us because we interact a lot on Instagram and Twitter. So if you're feeling like you want to interact with us, you could always follow us on our social medias, and that's Happy Hour Gets Weird Pod on Instagram and same on Twitter.
1: And if you're following us on social media and you have an idea for a future episode that we should do. Totally reach out. We love getting recommendations on topics or cocktails, anything like that.
0: Absolutely. We like to give the people what they want. (laughs) (laughs) But we need to know what the people want.
1: (laughs) We're people pleasers.
0: Yes. Um, Okay. Well, that drink sounds fantastic. Um, You know, it's a new year. Feels like actually just an extension of 2020.
1: Is it a new year? Are you sure?
0: (laughs) It's the 13th month of 2020, um, but we needed some weird, some really weird in our lives. So we're going to do an alien episode. It's like the best distraction, I think.
1: The best. The best.
0: So what do you got for me?
1: And do you want me to go first? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Good. I'm ready. You know I love talking about aliens. Uh Uh-huh. We were on a true crime kick for a while. I feel like we usually, true crime is typically what we cover and I always enjoy that as well. But there's just something especially fun about an alien episode.
0: Yeah. You know, we're like true crime with a little bit of spice.
1: The spice is paranormal flavors. Yes, it is. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, today we're talking about aliens, UFOs, all of that Mm -hmm. fun stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. And we are specifically talking about cases out of Nebraska.
0: Nebraska. We're Nebraska people.
1: (laughs) We better get a huge jump in Nebraska (laughs) listeners after this episode is all that I'm saying. Where are you at, Nebraska? We do have listeners out of Nebraska, though. Mm -hmm, We do. Mm -hmm. And hi, guys. Hey. How's it going? Hello. Okay. So... When I started researching for this episode on Nebraska and its history with UFOs and ETs, I found this awesome story
0: from 1884. Holy shit, it's an old-timey alien story. Hell yeah, brother. (laughs) Just wait.
1: This story essentially stated that some cowboys found a metal object that crashed into Earth its frame too hot from its rapid plummet that the men had to stand back from it. It wasn't just an asteroid. It had cogs and gears. Later that day, a crowd had gathered around the twisted hunk of metal only to be interrupted by a severe rainstorm. A storm so intense it blocked all vision. And when the storm cleared, the metal craft was gone. (gasps) But, unfortunately, I continued to research this story because I loved it so much. (laughs) And, to my dismay, found that it was a hoax. Mm. A paper editor named James Calhoun had fabricated the story. That's bullshit. The Nebraska State Journal discovered the truth in 1927. Another reason that the prohibition was stupid. Sobriety created reliable journalism. <laughs> so I left this fabulous story of shiny objects falling from the sky and landed on the less glamorous subject of cattle mutilations. Well, speak for yourself. From blazing arrow light to hollowed assholes just like that. <laughs> okay, so I have a bunch of sources including history.nebraska.gov history channel new york times uh the north plate telegraph i have a bunch of different um sources and they will be listed on our article article all right they will be listed on our they will be listed on our podcast description so as most people who are interested in ufo and alien phenomenon know cattle mutilation is commonly attributed to aliens Mm -hmm. although there is not direct evidence obviously oftentimes in cases of cattle mutilation there is an unidentified flying object witnessed around the time of the incident Mm -hmm. also the bizarre as well as precise nature of cattle mutilation makes it seem otherworldly
0: it really does you know cattle mutilations are fascinating to me because either way some sick shit is going on. She
1: loves cow assholes, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. She was so excited when I told her I had to change my subject to this. I know.
0: Tiffany was disappointed. And she was like, oh, gosh, I had to switch. Uh, and I was like, what? What? That's a good thing.
1: <laughs> when you get into 10 plus pictures of mutilated cattle, <laughs> it starts to become a bummer. Um, Yeah. In the 1970s, there was a rash of cattle mutilations in the United States. It was primarily focused on 11 states. Pennsylvania, Kansas, Minnesota, Texas, Oklahoma, Montana, Colorado, Illinois, Wisconsin, California, and Nebraska. According to one article from 1975, you know I love reading Mm -hmm. old articles Mm -hmm. from the paper. Give me all the microfiche. That's what I want for Christmas. (laughs) So, according to a 1975 article um, in the New York Times, that year in Colorado alone, there were 200 mutilations. Holy crap. So, we are talking a lot of cattle. And there were a few other various farm animals. I noticed that they were all ungulates. I think that's how you say that. Hooved mammals. Well, I noticed that all of the animals in the mutilations were like hooved farm animals, okay. larger animals. So
0: like goats.
1: Horses. Horses, cows. There were only a few of those. It was mainly cattle. Okay. These cows were all mutilated in very similar ways. They were found dead with specific parts removed. An eye or both eyes. Their sex organs removed. Their rectums were basically cord for lack of a better term, mm. their udders were cut off and their tongues were gone. Also, many times they seemed to be drained of blood with no blood on the ground around them. And according to ranchers that found their animals, the mutilations seemed to be made with a sharp object, surgical precision as opposed to ripped and chewed. One farmer basically said, I know what it looks like when a cow dies and is found by predators mm-hmm. and this isn't it. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the consensus with the ranchers that find these animals. That's what I find so bizarre and so fascinating
0: about cattle mutilations is it's it's just fucking weird.
1: <laughs> it is weird. I, I did see that in one article they mentioned that when an animal dies, if it's left outside in the heat for a long time, and this is kind of like graphic, it can kind of um decompose and then fill with gas and then its skin can split and it can look like a clean cut when the Mm -hmm. skin does that Mm -hmm. but that wouldn't explain to me what's happening in this situation when you see a clear cut around an udder or around a certain part of the body it's not just like a slit
0: yeah bored out butthole i mean i'm sure that doesn't happen with heat
1: (laughs) yeah that's doesn't seem like um the the result of the sun (laughs) it's a hot one today frank (laughs) All my heifers
0: have fucking cored out Oh,
1: It's been a really hot summer. I hope my cows still have their assholes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, damn it. I just want to talk about shiny spaceships. (laughs) It was also noted that there weren't any tracks, car tracks Mm -hmm. or what have you, around the carcasses in question. Which is also really weird because it's not like these animals are in somebody's backyard. Mm -hmm. They're in vast pastures. So people have to get out there somehow. Mm -hmm. Many were concerned that this was work of a cult because it's always a satanic cult. Right, right. And by that, I mean, it's actually never a satanic cult (laughs) ever.
0: (laughs) I mean, everybody knows that the number one thing that you sacrifice is a cow's colon.
1: I think because it is the sex organs and tongue, mm-hmm. that's why I can see why people's minds go there. Mm-hmm. But I mean, has it ever actually been a satanic cult ever?
0: I don't think so. I think, I think they we should take do an episode thing. on
1: when it actually is satanic. Cult. <laughs> <laughs> also, in that in that '70s New York Times article, they mention they mention that there was a cult at the time enlisting followers for a trip to outer space and i was like are they talking about heaven's gate offhandedly t- talking about heaven's gate
0: when two worlds collide
1: yeah i was like oh I, I wonder and then it kind of made me feel bad because i know what happened to heaven's gate because this was clearly before the end of that but maybe their special nikes help them sneak up to the cows without leaving tracks
0: yeah maybe they were like uh I don't know.
1: Whiter? I don't know. Maybe they were feather light. I don't know. Mystery solved. We've done it. You're welcome. (laughs) 1974 Nebraska seemed to be hit specifically hard by cattle murder. Multiple cattle were found dead in Madison County, Nebraska, specifically. It was the typical mutilation style, genitalia removed, along with an eye and the tongue. In this situation someone did see something oh witnesses claim that an unidentified flying object was seen flying in the night sky it had colored lights and was darting behind trees making it hard to discern its distance or speed oh (laughs) wait are we allowed to do that
0: uh i think you just have to do a little bit off off
1: okay so do 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 that's more like Mario. <laughs> I don't get sued by X Files. I get sued by Mario on accident. Damn it! <laughs> the mutilation of cattle was so rampant that the FBI got involved. Holy shit! In 1979, the FBI investigation called Operation Animal Mutilation began.
0: Oh, it wasn't Operation Missing Anus.
1: Missed opportunity, FBI.
0: Totally. What the? F-
1: Who's in charge of naming these task force?
0: Boring.
1: We, that should be our job. <laughs> Can we apply to just doing that?
0: Yeah, that's a good government contract I think they should make up.
1: We're so clever. Have they seen our Heist Heist Baby episode title? Genius. <laughs> I'll do it for free. I will name FBI task force for free, pro bono. <laughs> I also just like to think about like the group that was in this. Do you think that they were into it? Do you think they were being punished? Do you think they hated it?
0: Yeah. Like they were the ones, they were like the, the misfits of the FBI and the director was Mm -hmm. like, all right, listen, guys, you're on, you're on looking glass anus duty. Okay. Here you go. You go to Nebraska and you have to figure out what is happening to these cows.
1: I want you to actually disguise yourself as a cow's anus. <laughs> we need video footage of what's happening. Yes. There's just a cow listening right now who fucking hates us. <laughs> <laughs> the operation found that by 1980, some 10,000 head of cattle had been mutilated.
0: That's that's a lot of cows.
1: It's I mean obviously yeah it's 10,000 10, <laughs> I'm sorry I'm still laughing at us we're so dumb. Um uh it is a lot and it you know we're kind of joking about it because it's there's it's obviously funny to talk about cows rectums as mm-hmm. much but when you think about how much a this, this cattle costs these ranchers a it's it's devastating to them. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. On an article that I read that was just a couple of years old it said that a head, one head of of cattle was like $1,200. Mm-hmm. So losing hundreds of cows mm-hmm. off of your ranch, I mean, that's a big fucking deal. Mm-hmm. It's also scary because you don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Usually these people are out in the middle of nowhere. They're isolated. They're going out to check on their thousands of head of cattle in isolated areas, and they don't know what's out there. They don't know who's doing this. They, there could be somebody waiting for them. A lot of times these are families that have young like teenage kids helping them there's just a lot the the mysterious nature of all of this it makes it even scarier it is because scary. they don't even know what to look for it,
0: it truly is I mean have you ever been in somewhere isolated uh, out in the you know on a hike or camping or out in the wilderness and seen some weird shit like yeah it's the most terrifying thing that you could experience and you're out here and not only is your livelihood being
1: fucked Attacked. with,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, but it's weird. It's fucking weird.
1: Yeah, like one of the ranchers that whose story I'm going to get to a little later said that he used to let his 12-year-old son kind of go out there with them and kind of wander around, but now he's like, I'm not going to do that because I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Like I said, the operation found around 10,000 head of cattle had been mutilated. Mm-hmm. And when this operation came to an end, the FBI didn't really have an explanation. The FBI claimed that in most of these cases, they believed it was predatory animals or other naturally occurring events. And although the Bureau did acknowledge that some cases had anomalies that could not be caused by natural predation, they were unable to identify any individual's or groups responsible for the bizarre and numerous mutilations and deaths of these animals. Basically, they said it's natural deaths or accidental deaths, and everything else is caused by predators.
0: Okay, so best case scenario, it is a wolf with a surgical laser. Mm -hmm. Worst case scenario... Attached to his forehead? (laughs) Yeah, worst case scenario,
1: it is... A sick fucking group of people. Psychos. Yeah. And I guess best case scenario would be that these ranchers who work around cattle their entire lives, mm-hmm. for some reason, don't know what a predator's attack on an animal would look like.
0: Frankly, it's insulting.
1: Yeah. Which is also a little unrealistic to me. Right. To believe that a rancher doesn't know the difference between a predator and somebody attacking their animals. Yeah. And yeah, I I pretty much wrote that here. I said, I believe a rancher over an FBI agent any day of the week myself (laughs) about most things, but especially about cattle. (laughs) And unfortunately, although it subsided after this massive wave in the 70s, cattle mutilation has persisted. As we know, especially Cassie, fan of mutilations, knows.
0: I have my Google alerts on. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh, what's that saying? the only thing that does not change is change itself in cattle mutilations yeah pretty much that's I have that mug (laughs) in August of 2004 Larry Jurgens the owner of I I believe you say Jurgens but honestly it was spelled differently in every article that I found this including historychannel.com okay so I'm I'm not sure sure if it's Jurgens or (laughs) Jurgens um I think it's Jurgens so Larry Jurgens is the owner of Jurgen's Ranch in Nebraska. And he found his 11-year-old Black Angus dead on his property. Oh, dang it. And this was in 2004. The cow's left eyeball was removed. The bag and udders had been removed. And, of course, its butthole was removed along with its tongue. That goes without saying. I mean, obviously. We know that at this point. The way the udders are removed is insane too if you ever have seen pictures it's a clean circle and it doesn't it's just the like outer skin and udders it does not puncture the stomach of the cow which to me also is very interesting because I feel like I wouldn't be able to do that I don't it just seems like somebody who knows what they're doing so something different than the other cases I mentioned here is that there were also two puncture wounds in the neck an eighth of an inch in diameter. Hmm. Which I didn't read that anywhere in the seventies cases. Weird. So that that was kind of interesting to me. It's like I don't know if that makes it seem more or less likely for it to be an alien UFO situation. Maybe just the act itself has evolved. I mean, have we just ventured into cryptid territory? Or, or I was thinking like some sort of an injection to calm the animal. Maybe they realized Maybe. that it was cruel to just like attack an animal without sedation or something. Well,
0: uh, that that just or is it like, was more
1: difficult if the animal wasn't sedated. I don't know. I don't.
0: That just opens up so many possibilities because you have to think. Okay, if this is human activity, obviously you can't take on a twelve hundred pound heifer without mm-hmm. some kind of sedation. And, you know, then you get into the extraterrestrial possibility where, you know, some stories that we've heard, they have, you know, like the body freezing technology and the, um, mm-hmm. you know, that stuff. So it just, it just, it's just a bizarre detail that is just adds to the mystery. Totally, totally.
1: And also, as in, as in the other cases, there was no blood found around the carcass, um, despite it's significant mutilations. Jurgens has been a rancher for 35 years at the time of this article, and he said this is something that he had never seen on his ranch. The night that this cow mysteriously died, there was another strange occurrence. Joanne Jurgens, Larry's wife, said that she heard what sounded like low-flying aircraft going over their property. Hmm. Other witnesses in the area, too, heard the rumble of something flying overhead, as well as lights that seemed to come from a low-flying object. They couldn't see the object itself, but the other witness said that they saw white lights in the air. Okay. Yeah. Jurgens also mentioned that over the past year, there had been other random mutilations at other ranches in the area. Multiple cows and bulls looked to be electrocuted and then mutilated, losing the udders and scrotum and rectum as well. It was a couple of... I think he said it was like three mile, three miles away.
0: Like, why the nastiest bits? I don't get it. You know, you they say predators go for the softest tissue. Yeah. Um, so I get udders and maybe even the scrotum. It's soft. It's dangling. It's there. It's low-hanging fruit, if you will. But... Mm-hmm the anus it's in there it's like under a tail it's not protruding i don't understand
1: that i think that predators is the first place that you would automatically go Mm -hmm. but if you see pictures of especially around the udders the way it's just like a perfect circle it's bizarre
0: you know what it reminds me of is um some people don't like this and this might be a little bit graphic but um you have those videos that plastic surgeons take while they're performing surgery Yes, I hate those. And um, it almost reminds me of of that kind of those precise incisions, very surgical. It's 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 bizarre. It doesn't seem organic or natural.
1: Exactly, exactly. The History Channel, uh, they have a video up about this story, mm-hmm. which I watched. Um, along with reading a couple of articles. And I just want to tell everybody here that the History Channel video was quick to point out that no cults or aliens have taken responsibility for the cattle mutilations. Okay. So, so thanks, History Channel. I, I appreciate that. Uh, breaking news. <laughs> Good to know that they haven't actually talked to the the aliens responsible. Um, <laughs> Clearly, there isn't definitive proof that aliens are the cause of cattle mutilation. But I mean, how would there be other than somebody seeing it happening? Right. So the real question is, is if it's not alien activity, what is it? Mm -hmm. And I'm going to give you some options. Okay. And the other question is, if it is alien activity, why? Why?
0: Yeah. Yeah, Why? I just want to know why. So
1: first, let me give you your options to make sure that you're going with alien activity. Okay. Okay. So these are your options. So, it's either four raccoons in a trench coat with a doctor scalpel, (laughs) a rectum-loving colt, which is honestly the scariest scenario. Seriously. The government doing butthole experiments. Mm -hmm. Okay. Or aliens studying cattle and making hamburgers. Well, I think someone should be in contact with
0: extraterrestrials and let them know there's much better cuts of meat. Uh, besides an utter hamburger or a anus burger, maybe they're getting confused. They've they've seen Angus, and they're oh my
1: god! You have cracked the
0: code. It's it's a it's a whoopsie daisy. You heard it here first. It's an extraterrestrial loss in transla- translation. Whoopsie daisy.
1: I don't know what humans see with these <laughs> anus burgers. They taste like shit. Um, so. If you think that it might be aliens, like, do you think that it's just them trying to learn about these huge mammals? I just don't – I just – I love to think that it's an alien situation. I just don't know why they wouldn't just be, like, beaming a whole cow with them or something. I
0: don't don't understand either. I don't – that's what I think for me is so fascinating is – Either way, it's some freaky shit happening, whether it's extraterrestrial or satanic cults or government doing. um,
1: And it might be a little bit of everything. Like, I know that we've. I know that everybody knows that some crop circles have most definitely been faked, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that they're all faked. Yeah. It's like some of it might have been something else going on, and then there might be people just copying it. Mm -hmm. It's like, who knows why fucking people do the shit they do? Why act like you don't know how to say cucumber on TV. Like, I don't know why people do the shit that they fucking do, but they do it. You know what I mean? Okay.
0: I think what you're referencing now is far more wild and weird than any cattle mutilation. In my opinion, I don't understand that situation, and if you know what we're talking about, you know we're not going to mention it, but it is fucking wild.
1: I just people do weird shit and weird shit happens and I don't know why I just I'm just here to talk about it and drink cocktails that's my job Listen,
0: I don't know I think it could be a number of different things like you said I think it could you know the possibility of raccoons in a trench coat with a scalpel is highly likely yeah species are evolving every day people
1: they have small hands they have thumbs they would be perfect the perfect animal to use a scalpel seriously um before we get into your story which i'm very very excited about Mm -hmm. i just wanted to mention very quickly this other story that i came across from oregon of 2019 which i know it's a little bit off track but it is the same situation and it's so recent um this family that manages 87,000 acres and over a thousand head of cattle they found a cow mutilated on their property and like I said I'm not going to get too into it the mutilation was all the same udders, genitals tongue heart all gone no mm-hmm. blood and the rancher straight up said this isn't an animal the cut around the udder is way too precise mm-hmm. but he does think that it's a person he didn't specifically say he thinks it's an et he okay. thinks somebody's like stalking his ranch which is fucking terrifying very scary one little interesting tidbit that this case had that the other ones didn't have was they said that one rancher touched the dead cow okay and he got really sick like <gasps> the flu and he was the only one that got sick out of their whole ranch and he was the only one that touched the cow and i just thought that that uh was another layer that was interesting. Cause I don't know. It was just another weird little tidbit. Maybe I'll cover that story. Maybe we'll talk about Oregon alien stories in the future, but the guy was really disturbed. And when they said the pictures were disturbing as always, but when they said that the guy got sick, I was like, what was on that? Was it like rate? I don't know. Radiation. I don't know anything about radiation, but it was just weird
0: that is very weird and maybe we will have to go to organ next because i am intrigued i am intrigued
1: yeah it was a just a cool another layer to the mutilation i don't know if cool is the right word but it was just an interesting (laughs) other layer to the mutilation story i think
0: these are so fascinating i am you know obviously when we talk about this stuff we're not like fascinated by ranchers you know losing income because of this freak stuff happening but yeah that fucking sucks it is fascinating it's weird it's just the like what what the hell is going on and the idea the only reason I lean towards extraterrestrial which it does seem like why but why when there's a house full of humans why would you go after a heifer I don't understand but in such the high numbers that the, that the, ca- the cattle were being mutilated, 10,000, it has to seem like it is something beyond human to me. That's a lot. That's a high number. Yeah. So, I mean, I grew up in a cow town, and I'm telling you, not even close to 10,000 cows were tipped.
1: I tried to tip a cow once. I, I could not. It's not easy. I was on somebody's shoulders. <laughs> Even us together, we could not manage it. I'm pretty sure I just touched the cow and then screamed and then we ran away.
0: I'm not a fan of cows. I've had a bad experience. I'm not <laughs> well, they're a fan
1: huge. of cows. You're really not supposed to mess with them.
0: Yeah, I'm not, a, I'm not a fan of cows. Maybe that leaves me a little bit more detached than the average person when it comes to cow mutilations. Um, but I don't know. That's for another time. Oh my gosh! That I love that you did cattle mutilations. You just made my entire week. Thank you so much.
1: <laughs> You're So so fucking weird. So fucking weird. All right, I'm ready for almost. your story. I'm very excited.
0: All right. So this is a very interesting encounter story. And this is okay. So this story, the reason it stuck out to me is. It was very cool in, in the fact that this is was turned into a comic book.
1: Yeah. And if you Google alien UFO Nebraska, this is what pops up <laughs> for pages. I had to keep ignoring it because I like to hear the stories from you. Okay. First.
0: <laughs> so this is a story of Herbert Shermer and the comic book – is written by Michael Jasorka from Bombshell Comics. And Michael Jasorka went to a UFO convention in the 70s and actually heard Herbert. I can't say Herbert without saying Herbert. <laughs> <laughs> it is a genetic mutation that I have. I can't I can't stop. Um,
1: fine. it's a weird X-Men power, but I like it. <laughs> So Michael went to the UFO
0: convention and he listened to Herbert tell his his account his encounter story his abduction story. I think this is more considered an encounter rather than an abduction. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I definitely want your opinion at the end. Um,
1: and this was in the seventies.
0: The, the The encounter was actually in the late sixties, nineteen sixty seven. So Herbert
1: wow, did okay.
0: kind of the UFO um, speaking circuit. Um, Mm -hmm. I believe, and Michael heard him and was so inspired by his story that he wrote a comic. So I am going to read bits of the comic that are in Herbert's own words. I think you get a better sense of what happened to him when it's in his own words, and I Mm -hmm. really want to um, give his story the justice that it deserves. Um And then other parts, I have written uh, my write-up on it. So there was a couple of articles written um, and published in the Nebraska State Journal in 1967 that I got to read old articles, and I have pictures of them, so I will post these on our social media. They're absolutely so cool.
1: Yeah, we can just only do pictures from your story, because I definitely don't want a mutilated cow on our instagram oh
0: come on
1: just a heads up we can leave my photos out um so this is called
0: this comic is called the 3rd of december 1967 an alien encounter so this encounter takes place in ashland nebraska on december 3rd 1967 but before we get to the encounter let's learn a little bit about herbert schumer Herbert was born July 8, 1945, in Missouri. His father was in the service, so as a kid, Herbert lived all over the world in Japan, Germany, France, and even Hawaii. When Herbert was 17, he himself joined the military, the Navy branch, and he served in Vietnam. Once he was out of the service, Herbert went home to Nebraska where his parents lived in their retirement. Fed up with making $2 an hour, Herbert had always wanted to be in law enforcement, so he decided to apply for the Nebraska State Patrol. Herbert loved serving his community and serving the laws of the state during his time as a police officer.
1: He kind of had a life of service. Military police officer.
0: He really did. And it's so funny that you would say, or it gave me goosebumps, because on December 3rd, 1967, Herbert was only 22 years old. He was oh, wow. a baby. Even Mm -hmm. though it seemed by this point, by 22, he had lived a lifetime. Yeah. In the night in question on uh, December 3rd, 1967 at 2.30 a.m., Sergeant Shermer was making his rounds, driving past the only businesses still open at that hour. Two gas stations on the edge of Ashland. After passing the second gas station, Herbert radioed to the station to let them know the gas stations were secure. As he was doing that, Herbert noticed lights on the road up ahead, thinking it was a truck at first, but then realizing the lights started raising off the highway, about 40 feet. 50 yards from the object, Herbert drew closer, and as he did, the lights started flashing, and they got bigger and brighter. There were red lights coming from what seemed like portholes that encircled the craft. He said it looked like some kind of a catwalk um, in mm-hmm. the center of the craft, kind of circling it. Um, now, and you have to understand, this was taken from Herbert giving a live speech. So sometimes he gestures and he says like this and then obviously made a hand movement which Mm -hmm. i do, do not have access to so um i did my best to kind of figure out what shape he was making or gesture he was making with his hand he said the craft was shaped like a football and it was very metallic quote very shiny like a bumper on a car if you polished it it also had reddish orangish glow coming from beneath the craft. Herbert said that there was a bright white light that came from the craft and him still inside his police cruiser started to be pulled up over an embankment towards the craft that was hovering in a nearby field. Herbert at this time said he felt sort of tingly all over. Once in the field, the craft came closer to the ground and legs came out and it landed. Herbert was frozen with his mouth hanging open, still sitting in the driver's seat. He watched as a hatch came open from the bottom and light came spilling out into the night. A form floated down from the craft to the ground and began to walk towards his patrol car. Now, Herbert described these This bean, as the skin was a gray white, that the head was thin and longer than a human head, the mouth was a slit and the eyes had a slant but didn't blink. And he said it was very human looking or a humanoid, if you will. Herbert sat motionless in his car and he noticed that the bean was carrying an object with both of its hands or what he thought to be hands. At this point, another form floated down from inside the craft and began walking towards Herbert still sitting in his car. As the first being reached the hood, he pointed the tool in w- what Herbert called a tool. And he described it as ovalish squarish with a lens like thing on the front. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking l- like a long, tool like maybe shaped like a like a long wrench with like Mm -hmm. a square lens on the end some like a wand like thing a green light came from the lens and covered the car and everything in it including Herbert and Herbert felt a sensation like he had never felt before he was frozen in his own words quote and then I felt nothing like I was just there and that's it the second bean made its way to the driver's side door and Herbert couldn't even move his head to look towards him. It. He just stared straight ahead. All He was just sitting there, frozen, looking straight ahead. The window was down already and the second bean had an object in his hand, what Herbert described as a silver pencil with a big ball on the end of it. The bean reached through the window and touched the silver bulb to Herbert's neck, on the side of his neck. Herbert said it hurt, and he yelled, ouch. And at that point, the first being that that exited the craft opened the car door and made a gesture for him to get out, which Herbert did, he could move all of a sudden. He got out, but he said he couldn't scream or yell or pull his gun or use his radio, he had it was like he wasn't in control of his body Mm -hmm. or he was only allowed to move after being instructed to move. Now face to face, although the bean was much shorter than Herbert, the bean asked him, quote, are you the watchman of this town? And Herbert only replied, yes, sir. And the bean replied, come with me, watchman.
1: I love this so much. I'm so into it it's
0: so scary it's so 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 scary okay so now to get I think to get the full effect of what Herbert went through or what he experienced I'm going to read in his own words from the comic and we started moving toward the spacecraft and it felt like I was walking on air we got up to the Hatch to where we went inside the spacecraft, and he just sort of like floated up to the first level. and he says to me, "Watchman, come with me." And we were in a circular room. And there was a lot of cylinders, four and a half feet high and two feet wide, and it circled the whole room and it had sort of like a cable running through it. They looked like tall batteries to me and then in the center of this room was a huge cocoon or you know like this shaped object a circular shaped object and it was spinning and it was giving off colors like the rainbow and was about 20 feet long and it seemed like these cables were coming up and connecting to these two block things that came down on the each end of it and we walked a complete circle in there and i said what is this? And he said, This is how our craft operates. And he said, It operates on electrical, reversible magnetism.
1: And also cow anuses. <laughs> and then he
0: offered up a silver platter of cow anuses between two brioche buns <laughs> and said, Many <"Mini> slider? <laughs> And then I looked at him and he said, come with me, watchman. And we walked back over to where I had come up with him and this glass sheet came down from the ceiling and we stepped on this, which I felt, and we moved up to the second level of the craft. And lo and behold, I'd never seen anything like it before in my life was so many different types of instrument panels and computer type things that you just, you wouldn't believe it. And this cone thing was right in the center of the floor and you could see half of it from on top and half of it from the bottom. But it gave off a red glow that sort of, not flash, but kind of died down and came back up again like a wong, wong, wong. That's how I imagine it in my mind. Mm -hmm. Also, he says, watchman, come with me. And we walked over to a screen that was up on the side I say wall and it was sort of like a TV screen and he pressed some buttons and I guess flipped some switches. I wasn't paying too much attention to him. I was looking at the screen and some stars in the sky appeared on there and he put his finger up like this and he said, this is where we are from watchman. And then he put his hand back down. He didn't say where, and he didn't say the name he just pointed. And the purpose that we're here is to get electricity. And there was another being standing a little distance away, and the man turned to him, and they both looked at each other, and he started pressing buttons, and he says, watch, watchman. And there was this antenna on the outside of the spacecraft which angled toward a power unit, which is a transmission power line that they were next to.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: and this bolt went out a color I've never seen before in my life and I don't even think I could describe it 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 went out and came back and this stayed like this for about three minutes and then it went off and then he turned and he looked at me and I felt as if I was getting very an awful lot of roll of input of words that I couldn't understand what does that sound like
1: telepathic communication
0: a download Mm -hmm.
1: Oh my God, I'm so freaked out. Yeah.
0: And he reached up and he touched me on the shoulder and he felt real when he touched me. And I think at that time, I did touch him and he felt real to me. And he says, watchman, come with me. And we walked back over to the exit. Well, I'll say where we came up and the glass sheet came down again. And we went up into the third part of the craft, which was... The observation deck, he said. As we stepped off, he said, watch man, come with me. And we walked over and we were standing there looking out of a big plate glass window type thing. And there was a control panel right in front of it. And there were two chairs that looked like dentist chairs. We looked out of the window and I can see this one being walking back and forth by where my patrol car was. And I think I said, wow. <laughs> and he said something i don't understand and he said some more things i didn't understand or couldn't make out and i still don't and then he pointed his hand toward the plate glass window to the stars out there and he says to me watch man one day you yourself will see the universe as i have and he reached up and he touched me on the shoulder you know like grabbing you on the shoulder like a man does To steer you away, and he says, Come with me, Watchman. And then he stopped and he said, Watchman. And I turned around to look at him, and it felt like I was getting more input of something that I couldn't understand.
1: The download?
0: A a download. It sounds like a download to me. Yeah. And then he says, Watchman, come with me. We walked over and we went down and we went all the way out of the craft. And as we got outside, this other being started walking back towards the spacecraft and boarded it. And we were walking toward my patrol car, and we stopped right by the patrol car. And I turned to look at him, and he was looking at me. And then, again, I felt like I was receiving input of words of some kind that I couldn't understand. And then he turned and walked back to the spacecraft and floated up inside. And the, the, the catwalk thing started spinning, and the light started flashing on and off, and the red orange orangeish glow came back, and it started lifting up into the air, and I, it got 100 feet high, and it just shot straight out of sight. Oh, my God. Isn't that wild? And I just feel like there's no way to kind of portray that without using his own words.
1: I do like hearing it in his own words. I really love the part where the gray says, Someday you'll see the stars like I have.
0: I know, isn't it? That wild? really got
1: to me, that like almost made me want to cry, and I don't know why. It's like so beautiful and simple, but also such a massive, huge idea.
0: I know. I like what did they download?
1: And what does he mean by that? Does he mean like does he mean humans will eventually be be able to travel through space is it like a life after death kind of thing I don't know it's just it's so ambiguous that it's oh god I'm gonna be thinking about that for like the rest of my fucking life <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> it's it's crazy
0: so once back in his patrol car Herbert said his body was tingling and he was really sweaty and he felt hot and he felt nauseated uh, he tried to make contact with the station but his radio wasn't working He sped back to the station as fast as he could. And when he got to the station, he jumped out of the car and ran inside. And he noticed the clock said it was after 3 a.m. He ran straight to the bathroom because he said he needed to drink water. He just remembered feeling so hot, like on fire, Mm -hmm. that he just needed something to drink. And then he went to his desk and he fucking lit a cigarette and just sat there and questioned his own mind. (laughs) (laughs)
1: shit where's that Marlboro ad I know
0: seriously <laughs> fucking seriously goldmine after he had probably the best cigarette of his life and was done questioning his own sanity Herbert did what his training taught him to do he wrote what happened in his police log
1: yeah yeah so smart and he he said
0: I got my pen out and I wrote quote at 2.30 a.m. December 3rd, 1967, I saw a UFO at Junction 6 and 63. Believe it or not.
1: Oh, I love it so much. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, we got to go to one of these conferences after the quarantine's over.
0: Seriously. Uh, you know... Oh we wanted to go to contact in the desert so badly last year
1: yeah we're go- we got to try to go we got when it once it's back up we're and running, we we are go. going we're going
0: so at that point a fellow officer came in and herbert obviously was like shaken the officer was like what is going on herb like you look like you've seen a fucking spaceship with a bunch of greys and you're freaking me out man And Herbert explained to him what happened. And the other officer was like, oh, yeah, I believe you, Herb. Yeah, just the other day I was driving past, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I out in the field I saw these two flying saucers and these little green men. They were waving right at me. Obviously making fun of him, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, So uh, he was like, hey, I'm telling the truth. I'm not crazy. And the guy's like, hey, why don't you just go home? And he's like, "No, I'm gonna wait for the chief." And the guy's like, "No, just just go home and get some rest, you know, whatever." So Herb goes home, and he lay down on his couch. And as he as he laid there, he started getting a buzzing feeling, like a heavy buzzing, like his entire body was buzzing. And he he said he felt like he had pressure on his body, and then he couldn't move his arms. And he couldn't open his mouth. He couldn't yell. He couldn't uh, do anything. And, and then he said it stopped and he fell asleep. And he woke up to the sound of the phone ringing. It was his chief on the phone saying, you know, I read your fucking log, Herb. Get your ass down here. <laughs> and Herb said, you know, I can't, I don't feel good. I, I'm not coming in. I don't feel good. And the chief said, I'm on my way. So the chief went to his house and he um, interviewed him. He gave him a lie detector test, which he said that he passed. And um, pretty soon the press was there. Reporters were calling. Newspapers were calling. Radio stations were calling. He got a lot of attention. People in town started to heckle him basically when he went anywhere it was pretty fucked up actually what he went through they weren't very nice to him there's only one friend that he had in ashland that had his back and that really um stuck by his side so this is at the point that dr sprinkle comes in oh shit so when the media and the newspaper start publishing stories about herb and his um, encounter story or abduction story. Um, the Condon committee, which is a committee that was operating from 66 to 68 and it was at the University of Colorado and it was actually funded by the United States Air Force and it was basically an informal, and it was basically a group of physicists and scientists and psychologists, and they were um, studying UFOs. So they got a hold of Herb, and they asked him to come take some tests. And they put him under psychological tests. Um, Dr. Sprinkle, Dr. Leo Sprinkle. Actually, is he a doctor?
1: Yes, he's a doctor. He, mm-hmm. um- Unless doctor is his first name. <laughs> Uh, You know what? That's a pretty good idea.
0: Um, (laughs) So he interviewed him under hypnosis. Mm -hmm. And um, basically Herb's story was consistent. And he stuck to his story. The only thing that was different is the timeline of when he got back to the station. And when he wrote in his log... Um, and when he, so the timeline was a little bit off and that's where some skeptics of Herb's story kind of picked apart. You know, the, the, the timing was off, but, um, it's a pretty credible, um, encounter story. Mm -hmm. And what I find the most disturbing about this is in doctor. Now I got this from a blog So I got this on kevinrandall.blogspot.com and he did a write-up about this and he had access, he got access to Dr. Sprinkle's notes. And one thing that I found found disturbing is Sprinkle wrote about uh, Herbert and described some of his reactions to the sighting and... And this wasn't in the story that Herbert shared at this UFO convention, but it is something Mm -hmm. they found during their research um, with the Condon Committee. Mm -hmm. Uh, Right after the abduction, he actually drank two cups of hot coffee, like hot steaming coffee, like it was water.
1: Ooh, interesting.
0: Um, And then he claimed that he often experienced a ringing, a numbness, and a buzzing in his ears just before going to sleep, usually around 1.30 or 2 a.m. in the morning. And he believed he had experienced precognitive dreams. And he said that he felt hurt since the UFO sighting or the encounter. And he also described stu- disturbances in his sleep. Including where he woke up and he found that he was choking his wife. <gasps> he had woken up and found that he was handcuffing his wife's ankle and wrist together. And he also said that his wife became so scared with this dis- these disturbances in his sleep that she would sometimes wake up during the night and she would move his gun from where he normally kept it, which, which is in his boots beside the bed, and she would move it just in case. <laughs>
1: Very safe. Just throw that gun in your old boot. Yeah, (laughs) great idea. I mean, that to me could also speak to his Vietnam, time in Vietnam. Right, could have something with that. But I've never heard of PTSD making you hallucinate an entire interaction with aliens aboard a spaceship. So,
0: me neither. And I, um, I immediately thought of the. PTSD as far as the like violent disturbances um yeah in his sleep i thought of because he did see action in vietnam um but so the tough. buzzing and the humming and the ringing mm-hmm. are symptoms a shared symptom between abductees and um people that have encountered extraterrestrials um so basically, that's how Herb's story, um, encounter story kind of ends is he doesn't stay with the police force. Mm-hmm. Um, he goes off and does something different. I think the ridicule, he got a lot of ridicule, like pretty, pretty, sucks. pretty harsh ridicule in this, in the 60s, and the 70s. Um, he at one point asked his dad who, what, who spent over 20 years in the air force and said, Hey dad, do you, you know, believe in UFOs? Have you, um, you know, and his dad, he said, his dad said actually his dad didn't say yes or, and he didn't say no. The only thing that his dad said is if it's true, then stick to the truth. It's your truth. And to that, to this day, he still says, you know, that's what happened. That's the encounter that I had. So, And that is the encounter story of Herbert in Nebraska in
1: 1967. I really love that story. I hadn't heard it. I I avoided it. Like I said, it kept popping up when Mm -hmm. I was researching because it's so popular um, out of Nebraska. But Herbert Shermer and Dr. Sprinkles need to have an ice cream truck together.
0: That is a genius idea.
1: Shermer and sprinkles Shermer
0: co. and sprinkles co it is the ice cream truck in your neighborhood it's an alien themed truck
1: it's out of this world <laughs> This ice cream is out of, this, out of this world.
0: You really should have been in advertising.
1: <laughs> I really should be naming task force for the FBI. You actually
0: should. That You know what? Is there an email that we can send to the FBI recommending new government contracts? Because how awesome would it be if you were a government contractor and it's like not a gun dealing government contractor, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. actually you just name FBI cases?
1: Yeah. I think that'd be great.
0: I bet that would pay a lot of money.
1: I speak pretty highly of myself for someone who just thought that their shirt was on Inside Out. <laughs> but that's fine. <laughs> okay, I love that story so much. I'm going to look up this comic book. We'll definitely post a few pictures yes. from it.
0: Yes, I for sure will. And so I'll po-
1: cool, so interesting. Yeah,
0: it is. I'll post the most uh, climactic bits, points of the story. And um, I actually downloaded a comic app and it was comicology, comixology, and that uh, you can just get um comics on there. So That's it was cool. Yeah, it was really cool. Um so I recommend the comic book. It's really cool and I love how it's in Herb's own words. Um mm-hmm. I think it just gives you the sense of just firsthand storytelling is just kind of amazing and I yeah. personally love it. But it was cool. I'm so excited to do an alien episode. I loved it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Nebraska was a fun one. Yes, Thanks, it was. Nebraska, for bringing yes. us the weird, cool stories.
0: Yes. So if you, ha- if you live in a state where there's been activity, email us at happyhourgetsweird at gmail.com and recommend your state. Recommend the story in your state. We'll look it up. We'll research it. And we will cover it in our next Alien State episode.
1: Yeah, definitely. And we'll give you a shout out if you want it.
0: Oh, heck yes. Who doesn't love a (laughs) (laughs) shout-out? And, uh, oh, I just wanted to mention, I I, I feel like I wouldn't be able to sleep tonight if I didn't mention this. Sci-Fi is coming out with what looks to be a fucking fantastic show. It's called Resident Alien, and it looks phenomenal. I think it's coming out January 27th, I believe, and I cannot wait to watch it look up look up the trailer i sent the trailer to tiffany i was like holy fuck i can't believe this is coming um i'm so excited so resident alien it's like the the main guy described it as svu and an alien show so it's i love svu and i love aliens so i think it's it's gonna be fantastic so check it out
1: yeah definitely i can't wait to watch it well, I guess that all we have left to do is to thank you all so so much for listening. We truly appreciate every single listener. Um, thank you for the the great ratings, the great re- reviews. Thank you for subscribing, and thank you most of all for telling a friend about our podcast because that is so helpful for small indie pods like us.
0: Yeah, what what she said, and honestly, leaving a review it takes ten seconds, and it. It, it means so much to small podcasts. Um, so if you have time, if you like us, leave a review because it really does help the podcast. Truly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and on that note, love yourself.
1: Lock your doors.
0: And light your cattle anus candles. No, just kidding. Or just-, just just do some sage. <laughs> just stick with sage.
1: Please, just sage. <laughs> cheers to that cheers to that (laughs)